0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community.
1: Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. You can find me at Total Solutions on most platforms. If you are on the TikTok or on the new Clubhouse, shoot me a text, 918 800 1188, and I can get you an invite to Clubhouse. But you can find me at Detail Supply App on those platforms. I'm joined today, and we are talking with young detailers and going through the industry of what we're seeing. And I'm joined today by Nick. Nick can be found at vegas.rides on most platforms, or the best way to get in touch with him is shoot him an email, nick at vegasrides.com nick how's the week been anything uh new out in vegas it's been popping uh we're here in oklahoma finally starting to get some springtime air and uh man it's it's been great to see
0: same same here man it's uh we had pretty much 65 to 72 all week uh it was you know look i love when the weather breaks You, you detail long enough you look forward to getting out of the cold hand in the bucket you know part of the year and you know, luckily we don't have a super long period of that here in Vegas, but we do have it. And so it's just a great thing when you get out of it, you know, as a detailer uh, being mobile for us and look, we're lucky to work in some great spots, you know, as well, but Hey, anytime that weather breaks, it's, it's, it puts a smile on your face for sure.
1: No doubt. Well, we want to jump into a discussion on clay bar because uh, Alex brewery who uh, put out a comment on detailing for money. And I thought it was such a great comment that uh, we invited him on, but uh, you know, apologize, Alex, we had to bump this uh, up a little bit early and uh, he yeah, said, Alex, that's
0: on me, man. I apologize. He,
1: he said he wasn't, uh, wasn't able to hop on, but we wanted to give him credit for the uh, discussion because it was such a great, uh, great post uh, that he made to help uh, the discussion, but it, it's basically on, Why do detailers clay so much? Uh, And do you only clay before corrections? Do you only clay then before coatings? What part does somebody clay? So, Nick, you thought this was an interesting point, I think, because you feel that detailers do clay too much.
0: Yep. Clay is the most overused and underused, at the same time, product that I see detailers, DIYers, everybody misunderstand. You only clay if there's contamination. Doesn't I mean, it doesn't matter if we're talking about paint correction. It doesn't matter if we're talking about just a simple wash and wax. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't clay for the sake of claying. You don't do things for the sake of doing things. The way I was taught with clay, I thought, you know, I, I guess looking back was, was very informative at the time. And the informative part for me is that, uh, you know, we have guys that don't understand how to test for contamination, understand if there's contamination. And so their first thought is, well, I'm providing a service of a, let's just use the old wash and wax, wash and seal. Okay. Well, for my sealant to take, I got to clay the surface. That's how they were taught. Instead of being taught, is there contamination? If there's contamination, I have to clay to get the, the, the protection to sit right. If I don't, if there is no contamination, I don't need to use the clay bar. And so I think Alex may have said something about paint correction uh, in there, uh, but the simplest way to look at it is it doesn't matter what service you're providing. If you're trying to lay protection or you're trying to do paint correction and there's no contamination on the surface, it's the clay bar is not a needed step.
1: Now, then I think a good question might be what percentage of cars don't have contamination. So when I see that question and I look at my history in the industry was always just around cars that need like we clayed every vehicle, right? Like if we're going to, if we were going to do a quick wash and wax, right? Like that $40, $50 type, you know, we're going to wash it, put on a little protectant. I I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to clay it. Right. You know, they they got what they got.
0: yeah, the price isn't in there, but the other wash and wax could be. You charge one ninety nine, and you're giving a real. There so you go. I see what there you're saying. There
1: you go. Yeah. So what we did was it wasn't so much on what the customer, and this is this could be right. This is a, an interesting way of of since you said it your way, I looked at it from a company aspect of, well, I know that wax is only going to last so long, and so if mm-hmm. I offer a sealant and I clay before the seal. I know that sealant's really, really going to last. So it would help me sell that package a lot more. But you also don't sell on packages. I've sold on packages from mobile detailing to, I mean, especially as we got into the car wash, the, the best way for us to sell a sealant Was to show the customer how much contamination was on their vehicle and that the regular detail didn't come with it. They needed a clay bar. So, yeah, uh, why that, that, right? Just two different people and two different sides of the industry. Yeah.
0: But but also, you're stating, hey, look, we're getting cars at a level that we know 99.9% of them are going to benefit and need a clay. So, if I'm in wholesale work and I know guys are, have cars that are being transported from auction to auction to auction all over the country. And they're on truck beds all the time. And that's, I'm doing a hundred of those a day in my shop. Well, guess what? I probably am going to the whole, Hey boys, we're client everything. Okay. I can't sit here and babysit everybody. It, you know, it just depends on what you're doing. I don't want people to get the idea that, um, there aren't instances where, Hey, I work, I, I work at a detail shop at a dealership. At that point in time, dealership cars aren't always in the best, best shape, especially the used ones. You may have to go to a formal, if your company's big enough, a formal policy of we clay everything. If you still have are of the size though, that you have a couple guys working for you or you're just by yourself and you can analyze every car, you shouldn't be overclaying vehicles. You know, there's just a different, there's just a different spot.
1: How long does it take you to clay a car?
0: Um, properly clay a car. Like if I was really trying to go all out, I I think you're somewhere between 12 and 15 minutes, you know, probably is a pretty safe 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, that's getting in the nooks and crannies and really doing a thorough job, doing all the windows, doing, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is if I'm going to pick up clay. And this is where maybe guys disagree. If I'm going to pick up clay, I'm going to do it right. Like there's no reason at this point in time, I've committed to the service. (laughs) So we're going to do it right. So I would say, you know, 10 to 15 minutes because I'm still a believer in the old clay. It's more, uh, moldable. I can get it into more spots. I can, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't don't know what, why did everybody have that concern about dropping it? You never dropped clay. I mean, I've dropped it, but I, it's not like I drop it, you know, five out of ten times I use it. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't. oh, that's that's a hands problem. You weren't on the hands team then. So, yeah, no, I mean, if I, I, I think everybody does it their way. I also think clay is just misunderstood. It's it, First of all, it's an abrasive. And if you have guys working on cars and they don't understand that and they don't have the lubrication on the surface properly, you can get some real clay damage. I mean, you've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. Uh, so uh, I think Alex's point is probably correct. Clay is overused if a car is well-maintained. And again, if you don't come across well-maintained vehicles, this isn't a point that you un- that maybe and, you and, understand. And that's day-to-day. where
1: I, w- I wanted to I was let you roll. And I was going to come back to, because you said, you know, if you're wholesale and you're this, like, we weren't wholesale. We were complete retail. But it's yeah. just the customer cars that we are target market, right? right? I mean, right. we were targeted to daily drivers and higher end daily drivers in Oklahoma, right? So, it, yeah, every every car that we would feel really needed some type of you know contamination removal. It just yeah. it just is what it is, and so we would just always. Clay. Now, where I found to be different as we started getting into as I got into the chemical world, right, and started, you know, educating my customers who were dealerships, car washes, detail shop, mobile detailers, then the process of claying was what really shook me up. I asked that Mm -hmm. question of how long does it take you? And yeah, I'm a 10 to 15 minute guy myself. And I can get it done faster if I'm going to just whip through the vehicle right? The amount of time that I started to see detailers spend claying and they would get that little piece of clay, right? And they put two little fingers and they would move their fingers up and down about two inches and go over the paint. Like, like, it looked really cool. And they were being very dissective. I was already done with half the vehicle and they had only done the first quarter panel.
0: So, but but you also had an ex you, your experience you can, you can get a car done in 10 to 15 minutes properly because of your experience though.
1: Right. And so to me, the amazement as I began into the chemical world of, of it was, wow, the practical use, right? So who did they get taught from, right? You know, like you yeah. mentioned, you know, they, they were just taught from a chemical rep, right? They were just taught yeah. from whoever they had been buying from. And what did they teach them? How did they teach them like that? It was, wow. It was really, really behind and it was very slow and not practical whatsoever, you know, for me as a detailer to operate like that.
0: Yeah. So, so here's a cool thing for people. So they know where I'm coming from. We touch several hundreds of cars a week in my business, unless they have like paint overspray or something. You know, let's say somebody's garage door got painted and they didn't cover the car. And, and you know what I mean? That paint overspray or a parking lot got painted lines when their car was in the lot or something like that. We don't have a single car that has multi years under our care that ever needs clayed again. That's what we deal with. So, this is a weird thing because this is where I think things get overused. If, if something, let's say you're a DIYer. Okay, let's just say you're a detailer, you know, transitioning from DIYer to detailer, which we see a lot of people do. They may know how to maintain their car really well, but they also may use clay every time they apply something to their car. That's what I mean by the overuse, because they've been taught, hey, you know, you want to clay, you want to clay, you want to clay. Look, man, we don't have a single car. I can't tell you a single car in our care right now that we know we're going to clay within the next we're not going to clay something out of the customer's hands like i said paint over spray something like that has to happen for us to clay our customers cars at this point if they're under our care now we may get a dealership brand new car hey it, it may be contaminated so we need to clay it before we uh correct it and code it for our customer so it's, it's interesting that's what i kind of mean by overplayed well-maintained vehicles. You should be able to go almost a lifetime of the car without having to clay it again, unless something crazy happens around the car.
1: If there's proper protection put on, right? If there's proper proper protection.
0: And look, that that was one of the things that got me off the five to seven-year coating, Marty. The contamination level went through the roof, okay, when I put a five-year coating on a car. And all of a sudden, I went from we never had to deal with it to we're always dealing with it. I mean, they were poorly designed products and I was sent every brand new product that ever came out. That, And I told you this story behind the scenes before. The reason I got off five to seven year coatings is they weren't a great customer experience. And I was using clay at a level, I, I never had to use it before. I mean, I know our maintenance process is, is fine. So, you know, for me, um, it was one of those things like, uh, that's really got me off that type of coating as well. So just to kind of off topic. So guys understand why I don't really advocate five to seven year coatings.
1: Well, and it's interesting now, I think that five to seven year coating, we've said, especially last year, when's that bubble going to burst? We felt it was very close and no no doubt we're seeing massive signs now that that five to seven year coating bubble, multi-layer brands that have just sold a shit ton out of it to detailers are now switching. Why the switch, Nick? Why do you think that they're switching?
0: Uh, They're switching because the marketplace never really accepted the five to seven year coding massively. So, you, you know, if we're just telling the story, the way it really played out, it was a marketing ploy for a lot of people to get credibility. A lot of coding companies. Okay. I got this insane thing five to seven year coding, right? A lot of people built their brand on that. That's fine. The problem is they never really had the experience in the detailing industry. They didn't really know what they were talking about. They were just guys that were going to invest in the car business. That's really what it is. I mean, and that's okay. I have no issue with it, but the problem is they never really watched the marketplace, they just kept selling detailers some dream that never really was coming into reality for any detailer. The biggest detailers I know with the biggest, most exclusive shops, they're not predominantly putting five- to seven-year coatings on. They never have been. Not to saying they don't do it. They certainly do it. It's just not their driver. They didn't believe in them for every customer. That's like saying every customer, no matter what kind of car they buy, wants to put PPF on their car. Well, that's not true either. And that bubble is going to burst because that's burst three times in my career. That, that PPF bubble has burst three times in my career. And guess what? The five to seven year coding is busting right now. And it's been busting because probably March of last year when Corona hit is when it bust.
1: Now they,
0: they didn't know. I think the training thing threw off their idea of how to get people into their, into their bubble. I don't think they knew how to do it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they knew. when people
1: couldn't come out and be sitting because of Corona, they couldn't come into their training classes as much. They couldn't, you know, have those 10 people at 800 bucks and make eight grand a month, you know, per exactly. And if they did two or three a month, wow. 20 grand a month off of training gone. I could see why. Uh, yeah, I could see, I could see why your point. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that bubble made it was really important to those companies when they could get out face to face and get you to believe something. It's a lot different than trying to do that over the Internet. It's such a crazy story to tell detailers who have never put a five year coating on anything, anything in their life. They've always used wax sealants or light ceramics. You have to be in person and you got to sell people and they got to see the experience and they got to be bought in. And I think when that stopped, the bubble burst. And it look, you heard from you had a coding discussion with a with another supplier, what he say. My least selling product is my five to seven year, you know, three-layer coding. We just don't sell that much of it. Well, why'd they build it? They build it to be part of the marketing machine. That's why. They didn't build it because it was the right product. They build it to put it into the system to make people think they were legitimate because they watched other people do it. That, that would be the red flag to me. You only did that because you saw other companies do that. I think that's a really bad reason to do things personally.
1: And I mean, over the years, that's all the industry has been right. Since coatings came out, everybody wanted to, and we've said it for years, everybody wanted to be on a whiteboard saying, Hey, you got to make at least a thousand dollars a a pop, but you really should be making 4,000. Here's how I can show you to make $4,000 per sale. Yeah. I always just thought from somebody who had been in the industry at that point was 2015, 2016, been in 13, 14 years. I just went, there's no way that this is a quote unquote and scalable, is such a crazy word, right? Yeah. But, but quote unquote, scalable that a detailer that has a shop, maybe is mobile, one or two people, that they could actually have the skill set and availability to sell that type of product for years and years and years and years and years, right? Sure, somebody could hop in, open up a shop or throw out a banner and pay somebody for some marketing because that's the way the industry was, right? 16, 17, and 18, the best time ever to be in the industry, literally people popped up and just could start making, and you would see it, right? $50,000 a year. That's good yeah. money as a detailer.
0: hundred thousand yeah, dollars. First, two, 000, first, first you, two years in business, yeah. We yeah, saw a bunch I mean, of people do that.
1: You, you then had brands start laughing at people if they didn't make exuberant routes, all right? So then they had their little brand reps or people that go into groups and, oh, you only make this amount. Oh, you only make this amount. And there was, began this division right division in the industry that you had to attain such a level but was that really going to be long-term for detailers trying to run a business now during a high market time when they had market and the economy was so amazing it was definitely easier to do yep as the market and as the industry has shifted well, do detailers have that skill set and availability to continue to sell such a high ticket price in such a harder market? Well, that falls back on well, what were they trained by these multi level coding brands? Has the multi level coding brands continued to invest into them that they can do it? Well, if multi-layer brands suddenly are making a switch to a single-layer application, <clears throat> does that mean that they were feeding false information for so many years that they were just taking from detailers on the backs of robbing their time?
0: I yeah. So I guess I would say it like this: we're seeing a shift everybody is on this big promotion of their one year single layer coating all of a sudden okay and it's going to appear that way to a lot of detailers and i understand that the thing that would scare me and what scared me years and years ago when i basically said the 5 year coating just doesn't work it doesn't work for my customers it's just not a good it's just not a good system the time the waiting an hour the the there was no way to provide the service in my application and 99.9% of people's application in a, in, in the right way. And then you had to service the coding. You had to do this, you had to do that. Right. So everybody understands that part of it. I'm not saying anything new. The thing that would worry me when I watch all these companies now flip the way that they're going to do their codings, I would ask this question. Why would you be five years late to the technology? Mm-hmm if you're five years late technologically, why in the hell would I trust you with my business as a detailer? I wouldn't do business on an old PC that can't connect to the internet. I wouldn't do business on a flip phone. And that's the thing we're dealing with here. You're dealing with companies that now are admitting we were technologically five plus years behind. Okay? So this is the big worry for me if I'm a detailer today. Not only do these people tell me a story that at the time, if you had enough experience in this industry, you knew was a problem. And I get it, not everybody had the length of time to understand what was happening, right? You really needed some years prior, some different ways of doing things to really question it. And by the way, not everybody questioned it. Not every reputable detailer questioned it. They all got caught up. It's not just the young guy, it's not just the new guy. A lot of people that knew better got caught up. A lot of people's businesses took a hit. A lot of people's businesses did well. You had both sides of the coin there. Uh, But I think one of the things that would worry me and why I've never specifically ever sold just one coding uh, brand as attached to my company is because you never know how far behind or ahead those companies are. And what it turns out to be right now is you have a lot of companies that were five plus years behind technologically. Now they're on version one of this new technology when a company could be on version three of that technology. They're way behind. They are way behind. And your first version of something is never your best version of something. So their first version of, of, of a, a composite type coding is not going to be great. So not only are they five years behind, Marty, they're they're infinitely more behind because they're just now jumping into a game five years late. And so I, I don't know what we're seeing other than a lot of scared companies trying to find new ways to make money because what they thought was going to be their bread and butter. And I know this is touchy for people. A lot of money was being made on that training. And I don't really need to hear somebody tell me a story of, I you know, I charge eight grand and don't make any money. The proof is in the pudding. If the training wasn't such a big moneymaker, why would they be running from these coatings? They wouldn't be uh, because that went into their profit margin on these coding systems. And so at the end of the day, man, it, it's a real eye-opening thing, but it's also something for two years we've been stating on this podcast. And I know you talk with other people besides me, but Marty, we've been on this for two years, you and I, meaning on this pod. I know you've been on it longer than that, but you know, two years we've been talking about this.
1: It, it it was as I started seeing images of people starting to say wait what's coming I'm like wow they're yeah. finally catching up you're right like that' part of me but then part of me as a detailer and as a business owner right I get to speak as a business owner who details right runs a detailing business as well as runs a national brand of chemicals so I get to speak from both sides and as a detailer I went, yeah. Cool. Right. Like, cool. Five years ahead. You're right. That's that's cool that you put those numbers together. Right. Like five years ahead of them. So as a detailer, I got to know the industry. I got to know because I was a part of it and know what was better. And it's cool The glad they're glad they're coming around. But, man, so Marty, I appreciate, what, I appreciate yeah, you noticing is, that. Yeah, man, five years ahead of these big dogs, just little old me. It was cleaning yeah, cars. Yeah, but
0: here, here's what I why I want to take it back to last week because, you know, I'm sure some people got, you know, their panties in a bunch about my idea around I hate the I used to and I remember when. So think about this. If a guy has a, a company and he tells you he used to detail in the 90s, it's a problem. This ain't the 90s. It's 2021. Okay, that's why it's a problem. If these companies have a bunch of people leading the company that have never detailed a car, don't understand what they're talking about. It, at some point, you know, it, it's the old casino story. The guy, run, the guy the best guys they've ever had run casinos started in valet and moved up and moved up and learned the business. That's when the casinos made the most money. It's not when bean counters are in there telling you what the casino should run like. It's when people know. And this is why I caution guys, don't listen to to the, I used to bullshit. It's great. You used to do that. It's not today anymore, right? You're not doing it today and it matters on some level. It matters. And now you have a bunch of brands that never did it, never got their hands dirty. Don't even detail their own cars. And they're just investors, and that's really—it's a fine thing. It's a free market; they're allowed to it's do business. it. yeah. But guess what? I'm trying to—I've been trying to tell detailers the best I can for two years, guys. You got to learn the people that can actually help you, and the people that can pretend to help you, because there's a big difference. And if they've never put their hand in a bucket, if they've never detailed a wheel, if they've never really applied coding for money for somebody, how do they know? I wouldn't know. I'm just going off of me. I wouldn't know. doesn't mean I couldn't figure it out, but I certainly would be behind the guys that had the inside knowledge. And I think that's what you're seeing. I think you're seeing a lot of coding companies now playing catch up because they actually don't have the knowledge necessary to develop a product line based on detailers and people that love detailing their car because they're not those guys. They're not those gals. They aren't. They're just people that work in an office and have a job and that's perfectly okay. But I don't trust my business to people like that. Me as an individual.
1: Yeah, so interesting how uh, different things change in the industry. How, you know, people put products out, like you mentioned, clay, right? At first, we were just taught clay everything. And We started realizing, oh, you don't clay everything, you know? Yeah. First, people are going to say, hey, multi, multi. No, that was never really the great way, right? There's, it will be interesting to see there's always time, right? Time always does tell. And the way industries go up and down, the way technology constantly changes and is constantly growing, Wow. You know, if people and brands that aren't a part of the industry don't understand how to better the industry as an overall community. Wow. Good thing for us that do. All right, Nick, so thanks so much, man. Thanks for taking your time uh, as the others in the community that come and take their time to help better the industry. Nick, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it.
0: Appreciate it, brother. You have a good day. All right, man. You too. See you. Episode over. Leave us a review, and we will see you on the Community Pub Wednesday nights at 7:30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918 800 1188. That's the Community Pub Wednesday nights, 7:30 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918 800 1188. Grab a pint and enjoy.